Hello, I'm Dave Wilman. It's time for another meaningless problem. This one is called a fantastic government initiative. I know, I do know that Kevin's complete indifference to life shouldn't come as a surprise anymore. But still, when Barbara screams so loud the house shakes, the cat springs up onto all fours and the birds in the garden dart for the heavens, I say, go on, Kevin, shouldn't you go upstairs and check on her? But he just sits there totally unmoved. I am the voice in Kevin's head and I'm of less significance to him than a smudge of mustard on the pocket of his camel cord trousers. She screams again. I give him another gentle nudge, but he simply takes off his spectacles, folds down the arms and uses the hinge to dig into the mustard. Then Barbara comes barreling down the stairs. Kevin, 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 what are we going to do? And the first thought that pops up, which he doesn't dare utter, is, it's only a bit of mustard, dear. Haven't you seen it? Haven't you seen the alert? The government alert they just sent to every phone in the country? and she thrusts her phone into his face. He can't read what it says without his specs, but he's in no rush to put them back on. Unless there's an imminent threat of nuclear war, Kevin says, I don't want the government talking to me against my will, particularly on a Sunday. But as he says these words, his hands, which have always been utterly petrified of Barbara, are unfolding his specs and dropping them onto his nose. Oh, says Kevin reading the words twice just to make sure I see. I am the voice in Alvin's head, and frankly, I'm tempted to apply for a transfer. His whole life, all he's ever wanted is for people to read his writing. He's wanted his words to have an impact. And I promised him years ago, I said, Alvin, just put your trust in me and I will make this dream a reality. Now I have, and he's not happy about it. In this country, Alvin, more people are reading your words right now than they are reading literally anything else. You should be jumping for joy. What's the matter with you? He's clenching his fists. He's grinding his teeth. He's saying, oh, fantastic, fantastic. This is fantastic, you stupid, stupid idiot. But I really don't see the problem. A few years ago, it was quite obvious that Alvin's creative work was slightly lacking. He'd written six plays of varying quality, none of which has ever quite captured the imagination of anyone other than himself. Every job he took on to supplement the writing was done with a view to providing him with material. And it did. He's been a waiter, an insurance salesman, a crime scene cleaner. He's been a butcher, a baker. There were no vacancies for candlestick maker, but he's done a lot of jobs. And each time I've said, I know it's not the job of your dreams, Alvin, mate, but take it anyway, and you can use it, draw on it, be inspired by it. And it's never worked, to be honest. He's set plays in restaurants, bakeries and call centres, but his best one he wrote fairly recently about working in a hairdresser's, which, unless I'm misremembering, I'm pretty sure is something he's never done. So I was feeling a bit guilty, you know. I've encouraged him to keep writing all these years, and I've pushed him to waste time in jobs that would never fulfill him. And, you know, I wanted to put that right. So about a year ago, I floated the idea that he should apply for this job in the cabinet office. 
I swelled it round and round in his mind, just flashing the words repeatedly, the way we voices in heads tend to do. And before long he was applying on what he thought with his own accord. As ever, I told him that this job would provide him with some decent material, but in fact I had something else in mind. Part of the job, you see, was to write the text for the government's new emergency alert system. These alerts will be pinged to people's phones in the event of a local or national emergency. The first, which went out today at 3pm, was sent to everyone in the UK. And so, just like that, Alvin's words, the words Alvin crafted, would reach an audience of 60 million people. For one moment in time, he would be the most read writer in the country, and quite possibly, the world. 60 million Some of the greats never even reached that, Alvin. But when I pointed this out to him about a week ago, when the realisation dawned that I had fulfilled my promise to get him an audience, if only he put his trust in me, he dismissed the thought out of hand. Oh yeah, fantastic, he said. Lots of people will read my words and that is fantastic. But you know, I had hoped they'd be slightly more inspiring. The words in question, Alvin's words, are, and I quote, This is a test of emergency alerts, a new UK government service that will warn you if there's a life-threatening emergency nearby. In a real emergency, follow the instructions in the alert to keep yourself and others safe. Visit gov.uk forward slash alerts for more information. This is a test. You do not need to take any action. No, I don't see the problem either, but apparently it doesn't count because they're not memorable, these words. People won't remember them. It's not enough, apparently, to have one of the largest captive audiences a writer has ever had. No, apparently, according to Alvin, they have to remember what you said as well. So, being a loyal and determined voice in the head, I set out to put that right. The message I just read out, you see. That's not the only emergency alert Alvin crafted for the cabinet office, oh no. They needed him to write a whole load of the things. So they were ready to go in almost every eventuality. Alvin crafted the messages for severe floods, fires, extreme weather and all number of other weird and wonderful possibilities. And it's fair to say some of those are more memorable than others. And the thing about Alvin is he does listen to the voice in his head perhaps more than he should and more often than not without any sort of questioning, you know. When he's considering that extra glass of whiskey or letting out a bit of wind, or shifting his legs slightly too close to his best friend's wife, I'll say, go on, Alvin, just do it, pal. And he will. So when it was time for him to press send on the nationwide alert, and when he asked me which alert number it was that he needed to send out, I, knowing that a boring old this-is-a-test message wouldn't be quite as memorable as Alvin wanted, I said it's number 13, mate, and he, without questioning me, locked in number 13. Look, I was pretty sure there were about four more stages of approval that it would have to go through first, and I was reasonably confident someone else would spot the error and stop it from being sent out. But I thought, hey, let's give it a go and leave it up to chance. It's human error. It could happen to anyone. And Alvin's not attached to this job anyway, is he? And so, two minutes ago now, near enough every single person in the UK read a piece of writing they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Unlike the test, this one didn't bother with any niceties. There was no link to gov.uk, and the whole thing was in capitals. The words, Alvin's words, read, Ballistic missile inbound. Seek immediate shelter. 
This is not a test. Not only are 60 million people reading Alvin's words, they're bloody well going to remember them too. But is he happy? Is he grateful? No. All he can do is clench his fists, grind his teeth and mutter his sarcastic fantastics under his breath. I honestly don't know why I bother. I've got to be honest with you here. I've got to tell you, much as I'm not proud of it, but as Kevin reads the message in stark capitals on Barbara's phone, I've got to admit, the first word that pops to mind is fantastic. Ballistic missile inbound. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a test. Fantastic. Fantastic. And not a sarcastic fantastic either. These days, I'd say 99% of fantastics are sarcastic, but no, this one, this is not your classic. Ugh, fantastic. It's a, it's a fantastic. Kevin can't stand living in this prison with a woman who controls every facet of his life. Kevin believes in God and the afterlife. Kevin has been looking for a way out for so long and so, you know. I mean, for years, I tried to implant the idea that it wasn't too late that he could still get out, that escaping a loveless marriage probably isn't, after all, a legitimate reason for eternal damnation. And at one point, I'm pretty certain, when I was doing everything to provoke him into action, I'm pretty certain I even said, the answer's not going to fall out of the sky, mate. But, well, I've been wrong before and I'm happy to be wrong now. So that word, I'm sorry to say, pops up a few more times. Fantastic, 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 fantastic. But then something strange happens. Barbara, who's been pacing around the room while Kevin rereads the message, suddenly knocks the phone out of his hands, takes off his specs, grabs his face, straddles his legs with her knees and starts kissing him. Deep, full kisses with a force he hasn't felt for years. And without any consideration for the thoughts in his head, Kevin wraps her up in his arms and kisses her too. The next moment they fall into the floor, she's whacked her head on the coffee table which has knocked half a mug of coffee onto her Persian rug. But she doesn't care. Kevin's ripped open her blouse, a blouse he's always hated, and he's kissing her neck. He picks her up in his arms, back pain be damned, and he's carrying her up the stairs. I can walk, she says, but he's determined. He gets midway up and nearly topples over, but he keeps going. He kicks open the bedroom door, leaving a dent in the wood, and she doesn't care. Barbara doesn't care. He throws her onto the bed, and as they're making love, I can't help but flash thoughts and images into his mind. Her smile, her tenderness, the first time they met all those years ago as apprentice candlestick makers. The way she giggled and flushed when he made her laugh. The support she gave him when his dad died. The way she didn't rest until she'd made the council rip up the planning permission for the neighbour's treehouse that he'd wanted to build for his son. Yes, she's a difficult woman, but she's your woman, Kevin. And if a ballistic missile is going to turn all of this to dust, is there anyone on planet Earth you'd rather be obliterated alongside? You love her, Kevin. You've always loved her. Now cherish whatever time you have left together. If this is the end, think what you'd do, think what you'd give to have another day with this woman, this wonderful, wonderful woman. The afterglow lasts for what feels like hours. The two of them, clinging together in a bubble of newfound love, which is punctured only, I'm afraid, by a thought of mine that, unlike most of them, does manage to get through to Kevin. Shouldn't it be here by now? 
It must be over an hour since the alert. And I don't know much about ballistic missiles, but as forms of transport go, I think they're a touch more Japanese bullet train than London Midland. He mentions this to Barbara and she says she'll check her phone. So she pops downstairs and Kevin goes to the window. There's certainly no signs of an inbound ballistic missile, but the alert did say, Error, says Barbara, standing in the doorway with a mixture of relief and irritation. The first alert was a system error. There's no missile, Kevin. We're completely safe. And now you owe me a new Persian carpet and a new bedroom door. I don't know what you were thinking carrying on like that. She's staring at him, as though she blames him, as though it's his fault the government said they were about to be blown to pieces. And the first thought, the first thought that pops up upon learning that all is well, that everyone's safe, the first thought that arises, I have to be honest with you here, the first thought is, oh, fantastic. That was a fantastic government initiative. Thank you for listening. It went out on the morning of Sunday the 23rd of April 2023, which was the day that the UK government did in fact do a nationwide test of their new alert system. Chances are most of you will be listening to this after that event has taken place. And I have no doubt that like all government initiatives, it went absolutely swimmingly. But you may remember that a similar programme in Hawaii went pretty seriously wrong. You know the text of that alert in the story. Ballistic missile inbound, seek immediate shelter. This is not a test. That was taken verbatim from an alert that was sent out to Hawaiian residents on the 13th of January 2018. And it took 38 minutes and 13 seconds before a subsequent message was sent out explaining that it was in fact an error. The error was blamed on one member of staff who was moved and then fired, but no motive ever came out. And well, I think we've cracked it. Of course, the person in question was a writer. One of those desperate writers who wants people to read their work so much they'll pester people at the end of their short story podcast to share it with their friends. But as you know, I'm not going to sink to that level. Although if you do happen to have access to the system that sends out these helpful government alerts and you feel like promoting the show, well, I wouldn't want to stop you. But thanks for listening and I'll see you next time for another Meaningless Problem.